to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart's Ease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. with you for a few moments and then I'm going to open up the floor and I'm going to take some questions that I'm going to try to answer on the subject of fasting because on January the 10th that is only five days from now we as a church are entering in I believe this is our fifth year that we've been doing this the fifth year of as a 21 day corporate fast that we are entering into as a church. So tonight I want to help get us started. I want to lay some groundwork to prepare each one of you for the fast. A lot of people, when they hear the word fast, they shut off straight away and say, I can't do that. Well, that's the first thing I want you not to do, to say you cannot do it. Because one thing I've learned is this, you can do anything if you set your mind and heart to it. If you really want to do something, you can do it. I found out this too, what's a priority for you and what you are passionate about, you will set other things aside to make it happen. You may be too tired for church because church may not be a passion, but oh, if there's a latest movie out, you've got energy. Why? Because you're passionate about that kind of thing. You see, what you are passionate about, you will make time for and you will see take place in your life. I believe in 2011, it's time to get passionate about Jesus. I said, it's time to be passionate about Jesus. It's time to get gaga goo goo over Jesus. Come on now. You remember what it was to fall in love? You couldn't eat. You couldn't think straight. You couldn't sleep. You were just so excited to see that person again. Where has it gone when it comes to our relationship with God? It needs to be there too. I like what Miss Odessa said to me. She says, I believe this year, Pastor, that God's got a deposit for every one of this church. And to get the deposit, you've got to have a pin. And the pin is J-E-S-U-S. Come on. The pin number is J-E-S-U-S. And God's got a deposit with each one of our names on it. So over the next few weeks, as we go through this fast and during the fast, we're going to address some specific areas that I believe will really help you in what we are doing and why we are doing it. And my goal over tonight and for the next few weeks through the entire of this season or series is to do the best of my ability to bring you to an understanding of what fasting is all about. Because it's greatly important. I believe it has great importance for every one of us as believers. Jensen Franklin wrote a book called Fasting. If you can get your hands on this book, it's a great book. In fact, a lot of the materials that I will use in this series on fasting comes from this book. It's a great book. It's very easy reading. It's not a hard book to read, but it will really help you through your fast. But in his book, he says these words. He says, There are dimensions of our glorious Lord that will never be revealed to the casual, disinterested worshiper. 
There are walls of intercession that will never be scaled by dispassionate religious services. But when you take steps to break out of the ordinary and worship him as he deserves, you begin to see facets of his being that you never even knew existed. He will begin to share secrets with you about himself, his plans, and the desires that he has just for you. You see, when we worship God as he deserves, he will be magnified. When I hear words like, he will begin to share secrets with you. You've got to understand what we're saying and what Jensen is saying in those thoughts is this. It's not the sense of God ever desires to hide anything from you. It's not that God wants to hide things from you and all of a sudden it's a secret and all of a sudden, oh wow. So it's not that these things are hidden from you, but sometimes things are placed out of reach from you. Have you ever had kids in your house? What happens when kids come around the house? You put all the breakable stuff where? A shelf higher. Come on. Why do you do that? Because you put that out of... Because it's something that's fragile. It's something breakable. It's something that has to be handled by someone who knows what they're doing. If not, they're just going to throw it to the floor. They're going to break it. That's the secrets, I believe, that God is talking about. They're not hidden from us, but sometimes they are placed a little bit higher. Why? Because we need to grow to those things because perhaps in the state or the place that we are at right now, we're not in a position to handle those things. I believe that fasting places our lives into a new place in God. I said, I believe it puts us into a new position with God. Now, fasting and prayer is not the only means that God uses to reveal his greatness to us, but I believe they're key players. Come on, I believe it's key players to fast and to pray. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 tells us these words, But as it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. Picture that. We haven't seen it. We haven't heard it. Our hearts can't even comprehend it or fully grasp the greatness that God, but notice what he has prepared for us. God's not waiting for us to make it. It's already made. God is waiting on us. Come on. He's not waiting to make it. It's already there. God's waiting for us to step into those things. There's such a greatness of God. There's such an awesomeness of God that he has prepared for each one of us. God's got great things for us. I said, God's got great things for you. We've got to tap into them. It says it's beyond our sight and hearing. It's beyond that which we feel and see, but it is revealed by his spirit. Look at verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 2. The next verse, it says this, but God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. We don't see it through our eyes. We don't comprehend it through our hearts. But God says the revelation of the things that he has for us comes through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So if we want to know the things of God, we've got to realize they can be found in the spirit of God. 
So when we're talking about the Spirit of God, there are two elements here that we are talking about when we talk about the Spirit of God. First and foremost is the Spirit of God speaks about a revelation from God. That there is a revelation that God has for every one of us, that God's Spirit reveals to us. But then there's a second element to it, and that is this, the response by each one of us to that spiritual revelation. How are we going to respond to it? God reveals himself, but how do we respond to his revealing presence? In other words, it's a two-way street. God is ready to pour out his spirit and it's flowing out from him, but we've got to position our lives to be in a place where we say, God, here's my desire. Here's what I want. Here's my response. Come on, we know his greatness. We know what he has prepared, but what is our response to that? trying to inspire you tonight. I'm trying to challenge you to ask you, I mean, how much of God do you really want? I hasn't seen the greatness that God has for you. Your heart cannot even comprehend the greatness, but it's there to be revealed. I want it to be revealed in my life. The more I live, the more I want God. Come on, the more I know the Scriptures and read the Scriptures, the littlest or the more I realize how little I know and how much there is still to discover in God. I want to do whatever it takes to to see the greatness of God, to strive after it, to push everything else to the side, to pursue God with everything. Listen to what David writes in Psalms 42, verse 1 through 3. David says these words, As the deer pants, literally longs for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Verse 3, My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? Have you felt that you have been maybe taunted by the enemy and people around you in 2010, that people have looked and said, where is this God that you serve? Come on, have you ever felt in a position where you feel like you've got to start making excuses for God and you've got to start making it happen because you're not seeing things take place as you think they should and as you know, God has planned for you. Come on, do I have a witness in the house that we can be taunted? David's in a situation and people are looking at him saying, where's this God? What's going on? He's even saying it in his mind. And I've even questioned that. Come on, God, what's the story? Come on, God, what's happening? What's going on? Where are you? You see, the title of this psalm is Yearning for God in the Midst of Distress. David was in distress. He was in total distress. But what does David turn his heart to do? To seek God with everything he has. If you would read in verse 3, you see he's fasting. My tears have become my food both day and night. He's fasting. He's crying out to God. His hunger and thirst for God has become greater than his natural desire for food. Now, you and and I may not be in such a life-threatening situation as David was here, as he's crying out to God. But you and I all have needs that we need the help of God to take care of in our lives. Come on, I've got needs in my life. This church has got needs. I know many needs. We need God. Each one of us has the needs for breakthroughs. Each one of us has the needs for miracles. 
In his total distress, David finds God as he cries out, as he fasts, as he seeks God. Why do we always wait till we're in total ruin before we cry out to God? Why is it that we wait to really get serious so often about God when there's no other way to turn? Why not get serious about God right now before everything breaks loose and everything falls to the ground? Why not turn around and say, God, some people in here may say, you know what, I don't really have great needs to really seek God for. Listen, there's an empty chair beside you tonight, isn't there? What greater need to seek God for than a soul to be saved, to see lives turned around and to be people? Again, fasting is not the only means of connecting with God, but throughout the Scripture you'll see it over and over again when people didn't know which way to turn, when it looked like they were going to be destroyed and overrun. What did they do? The Bible says they got on their face and they prayed and they fasted and they sought God for the answer, for direction, for strength and help. And every time people came to a place like that, they connected with God and God gave them the direction, the strength, the help the healing, the miracles God provided for their lives. I don't know what you may have need of tonight, but I know where your answer is available. I know even in my life, the experiences that I've experienced and the breakthroughs and the answers that God has given me as I've cried out and I've fasted and I've prayed. Fasting, I truly believe, is a new beginning for your life. A new opportunity. It's putting your life back into right priority. It's placing Him once again as your greatest desire. It's not an act of work. Some people may say, well, it's just an act of works. It's like you're trying to coerce God into doing something. No, we're not trying to coerce God into doing something. But what we are trying to do is this. We're trying to realize and, and place ourselves in a place where we can receive the things that God says He has prepared for us, that they would be revealed to us through His Spirit. There's a sensitivity that you will discover through fasting, a sensitivity to His leading, to His presence, to His power. In a few moments, I'm going to take questions, but before I do, I'm going to answer the three most asked questions, I believe, when it comes to fasting. Question number one, what types of fast are there? What types of fasting are there? How should I fast? What should I do? Can I say this first and foremost? Stretch yourself. Stretch yourself. I want that thought to be in your mind. Stretch yourself. And you'll realize what I mean as we go through this. Stretch yourself. If it means nothing to you, it probably won't mean much to God. Some of you would be pleased to know that fasting is not just about going without food. And everyone said, there are various different types of fasting. From the scriptures, I believe there are three types of fasting. The first fast is called the absolute fast. And the absolute fast is just as it implies. It's an absolute fast. It is nothing by mouth, no solid or no liquid, no food, no water. For obvious reasons, this is a very, how shall I say, extreme fast. Not one that I strongly recommend to any of you. And if you do say, Pastor, I want to do that, then you cannot do it for sustained lengths of times because your body needs some nourishment or some kind of form of liquid or something into it. So you've got the absolute fast. But then there's what 
we would call the normal fast. In this fast, you typically go without food of any kind for a certain number of days, but during this fast, you will drink water and plenty of it. You will find that during a fast, water will become your best friend. I said water will become your best friend. With the normal fast, depending upon the length of it, you may choose to take clear broths or a juice to help you in order to maintain your strength. Some who are working outside and strenuous work and different things, you know, I recommend that if you're feeling weak, just to take a, a broth or some kind of juice to help you with this. But I really, do, I really do say as a fast, I strongly recommend that for a certain amount of days at least that you would try to do the normal fast. I plan for my fast for 21 days. I plan to do the normal fast for at least five days, hopefully seven days. So the first seven days would just be water most of the time. And then for the next 14, I plan to do the partial fast or what we will discover, the Daniel fast. Okay, But one thing I have learned, and that is this, the body doesn't like going without anything. Jensen Franklin in his book calls it dethroning king's stomach. Come on, you'll begin to see who rules in your life when you start not to satisfy that stomach. And it gets mad really quick. But I think that's why it's so important to have the right motive for why you fast. If you're just fasting because the church is doing it for 21 days, you're probably not going to last half a day. You're having a right motive. What is it? We are wanting to get those things that God has prepared for us. We're wanting to set aside our desires and what we want and all these. We wanted to sacrifice putting all that aside and saying, God, this is what I want. I want your spirit. I want my spirit to be connected to you. You see, you've got to have right motive for fast. And then not only right motive, but I believe you've got to have specific things that you are fasting for. Because if you're fasting for your kids, all of a sudden when you get hungry, you start praying and believing and saying, you know what, God, my kids are more important than satisfying myself physically. It's the specific needs. It's the right motive. It's the right, the needs, the specific things that you're seeking God for in your life, in your family, in your future. It helps keep you focused on the prize, Him and more of him. And lastly, there's the partial fast. You've got the absolute, you've got the normal, and then you've got the partial fast, which can be interpreted in many ways. This fast usually involves giving up particular foods and drinks for a certain period of time. The best, I believe, the best partial fast to go on is the Daniel fast. You'll see it in Daniel, that when they were seeking direction and they they didn't want to defile themselves with the king's meats and the things of the world they went on a partial fast or a daniel fast where all they ate or they cut out all which is no meats no sweets and no breads in my manual that i've written there's a whole list of things that you can eat and that you cannot eat on the daniel fast it specifies all those kind of things So that's a great fast to go on, the Daniel fast. But again, when you eat, don't stuff your face. The whole idea of eating is just eating enough to sustain you because at the end of the day, you are allowing your spirit to rule you and not your spirit, your flesh man. You're building up that body of Christ inside of you. There are other ways that you can partially fast. 
My mum and dad, when they'll fast a lot of the times, they'll partially fast. They'll only eat one meal a day. They'll eat an evening meal. So they'll cut out breakfast and they'll cut out lunch. But if you don't do breakfast and lunch, that's not a fast if you cut them out. They're already gone. You know, someone told me the last time we did a fast, Pastor, I'm fasting breakfast. I said, that's great. I said, do you normally eat breakfast? No. Come on, that's not a fast. Come on now. (laughs) Come on, let's be honest with that. Remember what I said? Stretch yourself. Stretch yourself. Stretch yourself. Okay? So it's not a case of when you can eat, if you choose to eat that one meal, that you just pig out that you're not hungry all the next day anyway. Okay? You're defeating the whole object. And it's not a time that we come and sit around the tables when we come to church and say, man, I've been eating this and I've been eating. We're losing the whole point of it. The motive behind the fast is that I want my relationship with God to be stronger than it's ever been before. Come on, what's your motive for fasting? What is it that you desire in your life? The second question that a lot of people ask is this, how long should I fast? The duration of your fast is totally up to you. But as a church and the leaders of this church, we are entering into a 21-day fast, a corporate fast for 21 days. During that time, people will incorporate different types of fasts, as I've said to you, that how I plan to fast. I personally think it's a good thing to have a predetermined plan of attack. It's just how I work best. I work best towards goals. I, I work best when I set myself. Some people, it doesn't matter to them. So if that doesn't rock your boat and that doesn't work for you, then that's fine. Take it one day at a time. But for me, having a predetermined attack or plan keeps me focused. Why do I need that? Because I get hungry on day one. I mean, you get hungry on day one. And without a plan, you know what you'll do? You'll eat. You'll eat. You see, having a goal and setting those goals and making it through. For some people, five days may be too tough. Set a goal for a day. And then at the end of the day, set another goal for another day. Plan those. But you know, one thing I've found is this. There are going to be times and there are going to be people here that you're going to, you're going to mess up. And you're going to disappoint yourself. And you're going to say, oh, I messed up. But that's okay. Listen to me. That's okay. Just pick yourself up and keep on going. Because what happens, a lot of people mess up and say, oh, man, I've blown it. So that's it. I've blown it on day one. So for the next 20, I guess I can't join the church. Start again. Start again. It's not, 20, it's not a magical number, 21 days. It's just what we have chosen to do. Uh, and thank God we didn't choose the 40-day fast this year. And everyone said, Amen. Some people were leaning towards the three-day and the seven-day a little bit more, Pastor. But you know, whatever you can do, just do it to the best that you can. If you mess up, it's okay. But here's why you've got to have right motive, and this is why you've got to have specific things, because you remind yourself again, hold on a second, I'm praying, I'm believing. I need a miracle. I need a job. I need a healing. Listen, I'm going to push on through. I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep believing. My grandfather once fasted 40 days and he didn't get the answer he needed from God and he went another 12 days. Incredible. I remember my grandfather being on a 40-day fast and he didn't eat any food at all. He drank orange juice and water and had some tea and that was it for 40 days. And he took me and my uncle, two weeks into the fast, he took me and my uncle out for lunch and bought us both a T-bone steak and sat across the table drinking orange juice while we were eating the steaks. 
Because he said what happens is after a period of time, your body doesn't desire those things anymore. It's almost like it shuts down. You push through that envelope. You push through. Stretch yourself. Some people turn around and say 10 minutes without food. They can't even picture that. You can do it. Push through. Push through. Make it happen. Because why those things are just too important. But also, I'll say this, don't try and be too heroic. Don't try to be, don't try and set goals that are so high. It's better to crawl into something, climb in, instead of just go up here. Oh, Pastor Philip, I'm going to do 21 days of normal fasting. I'm not going to eat anything. I'm not, blah, blah, blah. Don't bite off more than you can chew. But I will also say this, don't sell yourself short either. Just balance it out. Take it one step at a time. If for you a day at a time is a great goal, go for it. For me, I've got to have something a little bit out there, a bit further. But remember this, it is a sacrifice. But it's a sacrifice for spiritual purpose. It's going to be hard. That's the nature without doing without that's the nature of doing without something, especially food. But I believe that you will begin to see the benefits and you will be encouraged. Another thing that I think helps with your fast is accountability. Helps to be accountable. Husbands and wives, be accountable together. If you aren't married, find a past fasting buddy and just help each other, talk to each other, strengthen each other. Don't talk about how hungry you are because it doesn't help you. Just encourage each other to keep pushing through. Pray for each other. What I like to do during my fast is at the time I'd eat lunch, I get my Bible out and I put some praise and worship on and I just read and I pray and I seek God. I'm feeding myself with spiritual food instead of natural food. Those times, use those times just to seek God. Use those times. Make your car a chapel, a sanctuary. As you put on praise and worship, fill yourself. Turn off all the sitcoms. Turn off all the things and don't fill yourself with all that junk. Fill yourself with God. Fill yourself with Him. Remember this. It's not so much the length, which is the factor, the quantity, but it's rather the quality of what you do. And the last question. Oh, I heard something really neat today. I had something on the radio that someone said, I used to read my Bible just to finish it, but now I read my Bible to grow. I like that. It's the same with our fasting. We can have that mentality, oh, I'm just going to do it just to finish it. No, I'm going to fast because I'm going to grow. There's something in it that I'm going to find. I'm going to find God in a new way in my life. I'm going to find God for this church in a new way. Because there's things that I'm really praying and believing for for this church that I'm asking God specifically to give me the answer and the direction during this fast. And the last question then I'm going to throw out quickly for you all tonight. What should I expect? A lot of people ask this, what should I expect? Well, I guess the best way to say it is a lot of things. Expect a lot of things. Your body is going to begin to detox itself. For some of you, that's probably going to mean intense headaches. As you come off the caffeine and you come off the sugars and you come off all those kind of things, your body is going to detox itself. But to detox yourself is very healthy. Listen to this. In his book, 101 Reasons to Fast, Pastor Bob Rogers says these words, Fasting cleans your body. As you begin to fast, you will notice a sort of coating on your tongue for a few days. It's a sign that the fast is helping your body eliminate toxins. Tests have proven that the average American consumes and assimilates four pounds of chemical preservatives, colorings, stabilizers, flavorings, and other additives each year. 
These build up in our bodies and cause illness and disease. Herotic fasts are necessary to flush out the poisons. Fasting gives your body time to heal itself. It re- re- it revises it it it, re- it helps rebuild nervousness and tension and gives your digestive system a rest. Fasting lowers your blood pressure and can lower your cholesterol. So when you look at stuff like that, yes, there are struggles that you will go through, but the benefits far outweigh. Well, you're going to be sluggish and you're going to be tired for a period of time. It's just natural. It says your body is detoxing itself and cleaning it out. But like he says, it's a spring cleaning for your body. Fasting has been proven to, to heal people from eye problems, from heart diseases, from hypertension, from all these different things, blood pressure, cholesterol, all these things through fasting. It's an incredible. It's an uphill sacrifice, but I believe those things that we're going after are just that more important in our lives. We've got to stay fixed on the prize. I believe every one of you can do it. I believe every one of you can play a part in some shape or form as we fast and as we cry out and as we believe for God to move. Has anyone got any questions tonight that I could try to answer for you about the fast? And, you know, you may be sitting there and say, man, it's a silly question. You, you know, there's probably 50 other people here wanting to ask the same silly question as you. So it's probably not as silly as you think it is. So anyone? Patricia? Trey's running over to you. Hold on one second. I've heard before that if you come off of an extended fast, that there's a certain procedure that you have to go through as you introduce food back into your system. Is there a certain cutoff for how many days long that you might have to go through that procedure? Well, I think... With obviously, if you're bringing your body and you're not eating meats and you're not eating a lot of things, if you're doing a partial fast or a normal fast, you've got to be very careful. I don't know there's a specific amount of days, but you've just got to be careful. After going without anything, if you eat too much of something that your body's not used to, you're going to make yourself very sick. So even at the end of your 21-day fast, don't plan, let's go out and have a Ruth Chris and let's have all the dressings and let's have all the desserts and all those kind of things because you're probably going to be disappointed. And the most amazing thing is, I believe, when you've got your motives right and you're going after those things, you're not even going to miss those things that you thought. And Mr. Haas said that he noticed that he slept better, he felt better and everything, just eliminating a lot of those things out of his diet and doing it. So it's a good question. you just got to be careful. You've got to wean yourself back into it, just like um, you know, you're going to go through the struggles when you, you come off those things, but you can't just jump straight back into it. You're going to make yourself really sick. So it's just a case of just weaning yourself in. But you'll begin to know as you step into it how your body and what you can take. But to be honest with you, you're going to develop on a Daniel fast. You're going to develop such a healthy lifestyle that you could continue to live like that and be and feel and be a probably a lot better than what we are with eating all the junk and stuff that we do right now. But good question. Anyone else? Miss Odessa. Trey's running over to you. I would, I'm asked a question about if you live a daily life of, life of fasting, uh, partial fasting, uh, what do you do next? Well, again, it's one of those things that's between you and God. As a church that we're asking people to join with us corporately for 21 days, but by no means are we going to force anyone. We're going to try and encourage people and inspire people to do it. 
But if you do partially fast each and every day, then look to go to the next level. And that would be this. Look to go to a normal fast for perhaps maybe a five-day period or three or seven-day, whatever. But again, just really ask the Lord just to really show you what to do. And, and the way that I almost gauge on what I'm going to do is I begin to look at the needs that I have in my life. And I don't believe that, oh, if I fast for seven days with nothing, that that's going to impress God a lot more. But you know what I'm saying to God? God, I'm desperate for you. I'm crying out for you. And so, again, you've got to find what you feel is the best for you and God and your situation. So whatever you do, I, again, I can't force anyone. I'd love to make everyone do it because I know it will change people's lives. Let me say that one more time. I know it will change people's lives. They'll never be the same again. And that's all I can encourage people to do. Uh, and so just take it the next step. Stretch yourself. Like I said, a rubber band doesn't fulfill its potential until it's stretched. So go a little bit more. If you don't like eating broccoli, don't give that up for your fast. You know, uh, I mean, look at things that are important to you. I remember one fast, someone went on, they drank a lot of Coke. They fasted Coke. Now, someone may look and say they don't drink Coke. Psh, that's all they're fasted. That was a big sacrifice for that person to give up those things. And in fact, it was amazing. Our Coke machine suffers every year during the fast, obviously. But after the fast, it takes months and months for us to build up to sell in as much Cokes and drinks as we do because most of the time people eliminate that. And that really is a great thing for health reasons to eliminate out of your diet on a daily life, period, anyway, all those things. Any other questions? Trey? Mine's really not a question. It's just I just <clears throat> want to share like a mistake that I made the first time that I fasted. Um, I went into that Sunday before the fast and had the feast of all feasts. And it's just a bad way to start off. Not not only is it probably unhealthy, but it, it's immediately your mindset is on what you're, oh, man, it's the last time I can have this. And it, it I didn't last, to be perfectly honest, because immediately I went into it think about what I was giving up rather than what I could actually obtain. Cool. cool. And, and a lot of time, you know, I used to be eating at 11.30 till 12 at night. You know, anyone did that with me? And eating right up to the end. But the problem is, I always find this, the more you eat before, the hungry you are after, it seems to be with me. But I like what Trey said. Your focus is not on what you're giving up. Your focus has to be on what you are going to achieve and what you're going to see. How many have got things in your life for miracles and breakthroughs, for health situations? Come on, who's even got health situations that you believe in God for? What about financial miracles? Come on. What about just um, jobs and, and finances and, and situations in, along those lines? There's a lot of things. How about your children and the futures, your families and uh, and just, I mean, how much, what about for our church? Come on, who's got miracles for our church? You, you know, there is so much when you begin to look about it. And that's what our focus has to be, not what we're giving up, but what we're going after and what we're going to achieve. Has anyone got anything else? Edward? Yeah. I wanted to know, um, on a Daniel fast, that's when you eat fruit, right? Yes. You can, you can, you don't have to. You yeah. can eat all fruits and vegetables. Basically, Daniel fast is eliminating all meats, yeah. sweets, like sugars and stuff like that, and breads. So, so you take out all those things. So, so there's a whole list so, of things. So far as food and you can eat fruits, you can eat salads, you can eat nuts. There's a lot of uh, peanuts will probably be your best friend during a Daniel fast. Also, one of the things that Kelly and I like to get is there are things called edamanis. I don't know if you've ever had an edamani. 
You can buy them at Walmart, and they're in a, a, a steam bag that you put in the microwave for however many minutes, and it's just like a soybean kind of thing. Put a little bit of salt on it and eat those. They are phenomenal, and they will really take the edge off your fast, and they're really healthy too, minus the salt. It's edamame. Edamame, sorry. Uh-huh. That's how you pronounce it in America. I'm speaking from English. Any other questions or any testimonies or any words of encouragement that anyone could give? Yeah, Melissa. I just want to share. I shared this with y'all last year during our past thing, and I wanted to share it with, um, again, I just think it was pretty awesome. Um, of course, like two years ago, I probably fasted like broccoli, but <laughs> last year I was 100% into it. And I fasted, I think, did liquids for seven or ten days. I really can't remember. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. But I did it, and I don't know. I know that I could have never done it without God. I mean, it's just, and, and I just could not do it on my own, like for a diet or whatever. And anyway, I was working one day, and, you know, of course, I had my bottle of water in my hand 24 hours a day. <laughs> and I had drank all my water, like, within an hour or whatever. I went down the hallway at work. And the water fountain was not working because electricity went out. We had a, like, storm or something. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need some water. So I went and asked my boss, I'm like, is there a Kentwood cooler or something in the main office or whatever? She's like, Melissa, turn around. I turn around, and here comes a man in the door, walking in the door, coming to donate cases of water to the church. I'm like, you know, that water was like for me. <laughs> cool. And uh, just, just to share, I remember the testimonies that Melissa was given last year, and she was just so excited every day. It was just such an achievement. And, and it was just really great. You know, I, I'll say this too. There may be some of you in here that are still battling with addictions in your life and strongholds that you haven't been able to break free. Why not really believe for 21 days that you're going to set those things aside and really cry out for God to set you free from addictions and strongholds in your life? It's incredible what God can do through this fast. I'm telling you that the sky is the limits of what God can do. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. I want you to think about that. I want that to be your scripture. But God has prepared those things for those that love him. Come on, it's not just the casual, disinterested worshiper. The ones that love him, the ones that seek after him. Come on, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Come on, there's greatness in God. We, we sell ourselves. We rob ourselves of blessings. We rob ourselves of the best. We, we fail to get to the top. Those things are out of reach. Why? Because God says you're not ready for them. You're not ready for them. Come on, I want to be ready to receive everything God has for me. Yes, ma'am. I just wanted to share. Um, I had um, some friends that needed the Lord. And... Um, her husband just was really hard to get through to, and I decided to, to fast. And at this particular time, I really fasted because I had such a burden for his soul. And I prayed and I fasted, and it wasn't hard because I had such a desire to see him saved, and I knew that God had that same desire. And um, all I could tell you is when I was doing it, I, I thought, you know, the Lord's going to make something happen. I went to his house, and he said, I don't know what you're doing, but stop. 
And I just looked at him and he said, I can't sleep. I can't eat. He said, please stop. And I said, oh, no, Jesus, I'm going to keep praying. And exactly one week later, he came to know the Lord. Awesome. 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 Don't tell me that fasting doesn't work. Fasting is such an incredible tool used throughout the word of God to bring about great results, to bring about great miracles. And we're doing it not just because we're trying to cohere God into something. We're doing it because we're saying, God, we want to prioritize our lives. We want to place our lives back in the right way. We want to put you first in our lives. David, you got something you want to say? I'm just sitting here thinking with these other people talking about how many times have you picked up a newspaper or been sitting watching the news um, or in some cases spiritual books that were written by people that got lost, that were on a shipwreck, that uh, were in the military and went through circumstances that were without food, without water, uh, and lived over unbelievable circumstances. And the ones that survived the longest and came out the healthiest were Mm. Christians. Yeah. Yeah. You know? that gave God the glory, said every day I prayed for the next minute, uh, you know. And and I just kept thinking about that. You know, you worry about can I do it? How many thousands of people have done it yeah. under those circumstances with God being the provider uh, under circumstances that we don't have to deal with? That's right. And that's why that's why we like to do it corporately as a as a fast, as a church, because what happens is, you realize and you think there are other people who are facing the same feelings as you are and, and they're pushing through and it encourages us just to keep on going for each other. Let me say this in closing. Again, it's not about discussing with other people all the hardships and the struggles and about what you can't eat and what you can eat and all oh, this is... It's encouraging each other to say, come on, let's keep going. But also remember this. If all you're doing is fasting and it's not combined with prayer, the word, and praise and worship, fasting is little, it's going to do, it's little more than just dieting. It's not just fasting, it's prayer. It's the word. It's praise and worship. It's giving God the best. Come on, I think you can do it. I know you can do it, Melissa. When are we starting? Starting Monday morning. Monday morning. For Trey, that will be 12.01 a.m. It's all, it's all in here. There's so many things in here. That's why every day I give people the subjects of what we're praying for that day, so corporately. But, yeah, I talk about it in here in the introduction, the importance of prayer and, and, and doing that with the fasting. Cool, cool. And, and also, if you don't get one of these books, don't stress out. We're also going to have every day, it's going to be, we've got a special place that we're going to set up on the website. So every day, whoever, you can email it to your friends in different cities or anything. Um, but one thing I like about this is it's just a place where you can journal in it. And uh, I think it's good just to journal things down. Um, look at Melissa. Melissa's looking at notes that she wrote down during her fast last year. And I think you'd be pretty amazed 
as you begin to look back over these things, as you cry out to God, see there's blank pages in there for you to journal. But I think you'll be, I know that you'll be totally amazed as you'll, even during your fast, you'll start looking back and you'll realize all the answered prayers. Your first few days, you're just going to be crying out to God. I need this, I need this. Then you're going to come to a place where you're going to start praising God. And then you're going to come to the place where you're going to start seeing God answer your prayers. It's incredible the transitions that you're going to see as you go through the fast. It's going to be awesome, especially when you look back and read it. Megan did a good job designing the cover too, didn't she? Good job, Megan. I think she did it. Was it her or Josh? One of the two. So she's fabulous, Kayla. Anyone else? Let's stand together and pray. Sunday morning, we're going to be talking more about it. And we're going to be talking about the motive. We're going to be talking about just different things in greater depth. But please, we're five days literally away from the fast. And I I said to Nancy, I can't wait for the fast. I I feel unprepared this year, if that makes sense. I don't even know why, but I kind of feel unprepared going into it. Sometimes I have to psych myself up into going something like this a little bit. But I can't wait. There's a lot of things I know that I'm believing for. And there's a lot of things I know that God's already given me the answer for as I've fasted and prayed. And I'm going to fast and pray for some people in this church and their needs and and what God has for them. But please, you know, I like I like what the sign says on the front of this book. Look, the past is behind and we're going on to the future. And we're going to see that in our lives. Let's join together, can we? Let's take your neighbor's hand and we're just going to pray for each other and just believe that God would just undertake. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.